Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Katie Martin. Today we're going to be looking at India's north-south divide and why it's causing growing discord between local regional parties and the government in Delhi. In our report from Delhi, the FT's Jotsna Singh talks to our South Asia Bureau Chief, Amy Kasmin. Amy, why has the issue of the north-south divide come to the fore now? First, it's important to understand something about India. India is something equivalent to Europe, actually, in terms of the linguistic and ethnic and cultural diversity of its peoples. There are really quite significant differences between the regions. What has triggered this inter-regional tension is something to do with resource allocation. And this is about how the government will allocate resources to the different states. And the change that has been made is going to see resources taken away from the more prosperous southern states and redirected towards the more impoverished backward northern states. And southern states really don't like it. How different are the two regions in terms of growth and development? The last 20 years really has seen a very dramatic divergence between different parts of India. The South and Southern India and also a few Western states have really prospered since liberalization began in 1991. Their economies have grown rapidly. They've attracted large amounts of foreign direct investment. Their social indicators of well-being, like their health and education levels, are actually on par with some upper middle income countries, like including those in Southern Europe. Whereas the states of the North remain extremely poor, extremely backwards socially. Women are still having large numbers of children. Health and education levels are appalling. And so there really is quite a sharp and widening divide. The North has really struggled to attract jobs and investment because they're seen as somewhat poorly governed. Why have the Southern states done better than the North? That's a really interesting question. These regions had very, very different histories and governance structures before they were brought together under the British. So some people will tell me that the difference between the South and the North has its origins in the difference between the local rulers of those regions. That In the South, there were very progressive local rulers, maharajas, that put a big focus on education from hundreds of years ago, and that somehow these differences are playing out now compared to the north where the local rulers were mostly interested in just natural resource extraction. Others point to the fact that the north was really the front line of India and that northern Indian states, the northern belt, had constant conflict, turbulence as different invaders came into the region, whereas the south was somehow a more settled and stable society. And some people suggest that the differences in economic development are actually linked to that. I mean, these are things that people are bringing up now. But what we can say in a contemporary sense in the post independence years is that the southern states for whatever reasons appear to have been much better governed they've done better in laying the basic foundation of economic strength which is investing in health investing in education delivering on what they promise and the northern states just 
for whatever reason, haven't really done it as well. The educational indicators, the social development indicators are much further back in the North. There's also another big, huge issue where these two diverged, and that is from 1971 when India started its national family planning drive. Southern states really embraced family planning with gusto, and fertility levels in southern states have fallen to basically below the replacement rates. Whereas in the North, women are still having very large numbers of children, often starting at a very young age and often with very little spacing in between. So smaller families mean that families are less poor. It means they can invest more in the education of the children that they have. Family planning is an important factor for upward social mobility. You can just invest more in your kids and in their success if you have fewer of them. Why are the regional groups, particularly in the South, unhappy about the situation? These divergences have been there, but they've been suddenly brought to the fore by a once-in-every-five-years budgeting exercise called the Finance Commission, which basically lays out resource allocation between the central government and the states for the next five years. This money is supposed to be allocated on all kinds of parameters based on the needs of the states and their population. This is the revenue sharing. Because of the difference in the way these regions treated family planning, there's been a huge demographic divergence between the North and the South and the Southern states. Kerala has seen its population grow about 56% since 1971, whereas Uttar Pradesh, a larger state, has seen its population grow well over 150% in that same period. In the last few decades, the government has tried to compromise with different states by saying that in the finance commissions, which are held once every five years, budget will be allocated based on the population data from 1971 before this huge divergence in the demographic trajectories of these different states. And by using the 1971 population data, it ensured that like the southern states didn't feel penalized for embracing family planning. This year, the government has given a new terms of reference saying that the Finance Commission must use the population data from the most recent census in 2011 as the basis of its resource allocation and revenue sharing. And basically, the southern states are up in arms because this will essentially lead to a large and sudden shift of resources away from them. Has the rise of the BJP seen as a party of the North added to their anxiety? It is not clear at all that the BJP did this only because it was thinking, well, our supporters are in the North and we're going to deprive the South. I think that would be unfair. In fact, the BJP is trying to make political inroads into the South, so this wouldn't necessarily be a way to do that. And in fact, there are some Southerners who think that it is unfair to use the 1971 population data. I met the former Reserve Bank chairman who headed the last Finance Commission, where he said he felt uncomfortable using the 1971 data 
population in awarding revenues to the states. Because he said the revenue sharing formula is the finance commission. It's not meant to be an incentive or a disincentive. It is basically meant to be based on an assessment of need. And surely the need is greater where the population is higher. But surely the fact that the BJP is seen as a northern party is adding to that sense of friction and tension and resentment by the southern states. And the southern states are all governed by parties that are not really allied to the BJP. So there is definitely a kind of a partisan element to this debate. How serious a challenge is it going to be for federal policymakers to address the issue of unequal growth? and still be fair in resource allocation to all the states. Actually, this is a very, very sensitive and important challenge for the Indian government. The southern states, along with some states in the west of India, are undoubtedly the motors of India's economic growth and prosperity. And while everyone understands that there needs to be resource transfer from richer areas of the country to poorer areas of the country, I think the degree needs to be carefully considered. The reason why this is especially sensitive is because of the fact that this isn't really a homogenous population. So people's sense of national identity, along with being Indian, link very much to their states and their regions, which are linguistically organized states where they have their own cultural traditions that are very different from elsewhere. So everyone is now coexisting in one political entity, India, But if things are pushed too far and people feel that they've been really marginalized and that they're being exploited, you could see the rise of resentments that pose a real challenge to the country. Obviously, one of the big problems about the way this is happening is that for all these decades, they've used the 1971 census as the basis of their deliberations and their resource allocation. And now suddenly they want to jump to the 2011 census, which means that the impact in one go of this is going to be very, very extreme for the prosperous southern states. So even if you think that there needs to be some reallocation and more resources have to be directed to the north, they might want to think about phasing it in such a way so that states do not have to digest such a huge fiscal loss all in one five-year period. So it's really something that I think in the interests of India needs to be managed carefully for all. That was Jotsna Singh talking to Amy Kasmin, our South Asia Bureau Chief in Delhi. You can find a link to Amy's article in our show notes and also a link to the latest FT subscriber offer, so do take a look. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with more FT news next week, although our episodes may be appearing a little less frequently over the summer holiday season. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.